Hey guys, welcome back to Geek Responsibly Podcast. I'm Jenna, your host, and I'm going to try and get this podcast out before my son wakes up. So we shall see how that works. <laughs> uh, today I want to focus on anger. A uh, quick announcement, I will be holding an Anger 101 workshop, 90-minute workshop on August 24th, which is this coming Thursday. So if that is something that resonates with you, I would love, love, love to invite you to this workshop. <clears throat> In this workshop, I'm going to be discussing the four core wounds of the inner child because that is what anger covers. And what I will be sharing within the workshop is that anger is actually a secondary emotion. So those core wounds are really at play and then anger just masks it. So again, if you are interested, I will throw that in the show notes below uh, and hopefully see you there. Uh, again, if you are, on, or to note, not again, but to note, if you are unable to make it live, it will be recorded and you will be sent the replay. Okay. Now, anger is a very interesting emotion. Many fear it. I feared it for so long. I was, I was always seeing everybody else so happy and I had so much rage and anger and madness inside me. I was scared of it. <clears throat> so I wanted to share a little bit about my own experience with my anger. Uh, one in my childhood, more of like my teenage years, but really how it played out in a romantic relationship with my toxic ex. So first things first, my lovely teenage years. Um, this was probably like young adolescent. I would say maybe like 10 to 13 years old that I really started to struggle with anger. Um, even so much that I would like beat up my brother because there was so much anger inside me and I didn't have a way to process through it that I would be physically abusive towards my sibling and then immediately feel immense guilt and rage still rage towards myself but immense guilt telling him don't tell mom and dad I'm so sorry and he'd be crying like what a terrible experience not only for myself but also for him and I don't think I've ever talked to him about that and I feel very 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 terrible that that was something that I did but again back when I was growing up, there was zero ways for me to process this anger and rage that I felt. I had a lot of big emotions and they were invalidated over and over. I was introduced by my parent uh, as the middle child. Oh, this is Jenna, our middle child, like already showing that there she has a problem. <laughs> she, she's crazy. She's just the middle child. And at a, at a couple of times, I would wear that as a badge of honor. Moving forward, um, I would also get extremely defensive if something happened in the home and we would be getting in trouble for it. <clears throat> my mother would always just say, oh, it was probably just Jenna. And immediately I would get defensive and say like, no, it wasn't me. Um, if they didn't didn't believe me, then I would always say that very common phrase, you're just not listening to me. And over and over, I would feel this way. My mom would actually 
be the number one person that I would fight with the most. Number one, she has a lot of unresolved trauma from her own parents and and whatever she has gone through in her life. I picked up a lot of that from her and now I see a lot of it um, when she is reacting from a place of her woundedness. And so her wounded parts triggered mine when I was younger and we would butt heads. It was just like two rams just hitting each other over and over. She would say something to my dad or any, mo- mostly it was towards my dad and I would come in and defend him and be like, you just logically don't make sense. Over the, the years that I've been soothing my own mother wound as well as regulating my nervous system, I've gotten to the point where I don't react as intensely or even at all when she is reacted or activated in her wounded um in her wounded shadow parts which is a great win for me. I love it. I love being able to uh gentle parent my parent <laughs> and be able to actually have a relationship um but it does take a lot of consciousness, mindfulness, and also um, regulating my nervous system because obviously it still does trigger me and I just need to make sure that I am mindfully taking that time to breathe, regulate my nervous system, and help through that process. But like I said, today I wanted to share how anger showed up in my romantic relationship with my ex and how that really came about because it's so interesting. I was very, very uh, aggressive and defensive with my ex um, before this one that I'm going to share with you. So I was very dominating and defensive and controlling, very much like my mother in the relationship that I had. And then as we separated, I was doing a lot of um, healing Um, trying to get through a lot of that trauma. And I called in this other relationship really quickly after. Um, That should have been a huge sign, but I was a hopeless romantic and I figured that it was a sign. Quick backstory. I, as a, uh, I remember like fourth grade that I felt alone, left out, not good enough, and that I had to compete for love and affection. Now, how does this show up in a fourth grader? Um, One, I felt alone because I had moved to a new school and all the girls already had their kind of like cliques that they were with since like kindergarten in this school. It was a very small school. It was a Catholic school and we only had like 25 people in our class. Then I felt um, so I, I felt alone, left out and then not good enough. So some of the things that were in my public school, um, the private school that I was going to was already past a lot of it. So I missed a lot of the uh, foundational pieces of education. And so I just felt not good enough in school. And then competing for love and affection, I felt like I had to compete for the other girls' attention. Um, And also even the guys, like I started to really get interested in, um, having that male gaze so that I felt worthy. And I know that's like a really young age to have that, but I was reading very, um, intense books. I think, uh, for a third grader, (laughs) I was reading chapter books 
and other things like that. And I was already really interested in romantic relationships. Okay, so now fast forward to when I was, I think it was probably 2012. I don't know exactly how old I was, but I was in my early 20s and I call in this relationship with this toxic partner. And a little bit about how these, I would say, insecurities showed up was I felt not good enough and I felt like I was alone. I felt left out and I felt like I had to compete for his love and affection. He had four kids, an ex-wife. He was living with an ex-girlfriend, which I didn't know at the time until like six months in. His mo- He was living with his mother. So I felt very alone because he would have to go and take and tend to his children. It's the first time I ever dated anyone with children. It was very weird. And then I felt left out when he would go and take them and do things. Like one example was eight months in, he took them to Disney or like Knott's Berry Farm or wherever it was, but he didn't invite me. I never met his children up until that point. And he invited his (laughs) ex-wife. That should have been red flag. Finding out he was with his ex-girlfriend in his house was another red flag. And all of you are probably like shaking your head. Why didn't you leave? Yes. But see, all of these were hitting my wound because if I could get him to love me and I was lovable, that's the limiting belief that lied beneath the surface. Comes in competing for his love and affection, right? Competing for his love and affection from his mother, his children, and his exes. So all of these things are familiar to my nervous system, even though logically I'm thinking this is a terrible situation. Previously, as I mentioned, my other relationship, I was very controlling, demanding, and defensive. Where in this one, it completely made me switch and I was so submissive and trying to get his attention any moment that I could and take just scraps, breadcrumbs of his love and affection. And he was very good at utilizing the narcissistic abuse cycle, love bombing. So he would show up at my place of work, at my apartment, um, all these things, just even for a moment to be able to show me, yes, you matter, Um, inviting me to his place of work, even though I found out his ex-girlfriend worked there at the time. So all these things just hooking me in and then all of a sudden he would devalue me or tell me I was crazy or or stop um, get get upset with me and then give me the silent treatment. All of these things that I was so familiar with without knowing because of my own parent and how I was treated when I was quote unquote bad or did something wrong. I have that good girl syndrome, people pleasing, right? (laughs) So I repressed so much, which again, boiled up my anger. And as a Libra, I'm very sensible at most and balance a lot. But when I get backed into a corner, I lash out and it is like intense. It's like a lion ripping you up. Um, you didn't even notice or didn't even know it was there in in the the grass again this is all from my mother wound projected onto this relationship and what happened when I repressed all of these immense emotions again because that's what I was taught growing up I started to have immense 
self-hatred. I self-sabotaged in all aspects of my life. For example, I had this beautiful apartment, one bedroom apartment. We broke up. I got this beautiful one bedroom apartment. And when he started to come back in and do his hoovering act, um, I literally left that apartment, um, had to pay a ton of fees to move in with him. And it was just terrible, terrible, terrible. I should have just stayed in that apartment worked on myself, set boundaries, told that guy to fucking go eat rocks. <laughs> but I didn't. Um, I was I was wounded. Um, also with work, I would be so distracted and not invested and nervous to go and, and take these opportunities that I was handed because I felt like I would lose him. So I could have been a manager of a buckle store and I didn't because I was like, if I do, what happens if I have to move? I should have. <laughs> I should have gone and taken those those risks, those chances at such a young age because that is life, life lessons. But I held myself back. Um, and then I did a ton of trauma dumping. Um, I was so confused, so hurt, so angry that I would just bring that relationship up over and over again because I was so much in pain. So these are the, the signs of anger. Um, and or the, that's like the symptoms, right? The symptoms of anger. But what lied beneath was those core wounds of my inner child. My inner child was so broken and hurt that I needed to get to those in order to soothe all of those symptoms. It's the same thing of like, you having a cut and then it gets infected, right? It's the cut that needs to be addressed and then the infection will start to um, soothe. Um, I guess that was kind of a weird analogy. Nonetheless, any type of medical issue is, is needing to be looked at by the root, not just the symptoms. So many doctors focus on handing out prescriptions to, to soothe symptoms but not realizing that the body is trying to tell you there is a problem, a root problem. So I invite you to look at your own relationships, either friendships, uh, work partners, and even romantic relationships. And where are you either expressing anger or repressing anger? And then kind of asking yourself, what is this really about? And is this tied to a different story? If you'd like a little bit more guidance, again, I invite you to my anger workshop that will be on Thursday, August 24th, and being able to really understand those four core wounds of the inner child and be given the tools, techniques to be able to reparent, soothe the nervous system, and some affirmations. I hope this episode helped you guys. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out. Um, all of my social so socials are going to be at the bottom of this description. And always remember to geek responsibly.